0: Four, 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 four hundred two. and twenty. Four to hundred and twenty. Four 20. Twenty. 20. Four, four, twenty. Twenty. Four, one, four hundred and zero. Four hundred and twenty. Five,
1: 1 Darling, it's the Shy Life Podcast. <laughs> 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 yes, but
0: well it's a positive thing for me. The High Life, the Shy Life. You won't find a cast of characters like this everywhere. Hello, like boys.
2: Delicious. This particular episode of The Shy Life is, is a little more abstract than usual. Oh, yeah. Okay, looks like the hairy guy is ready to record. Three, two, one.
1: Go Shy Yeti. Oh, I
0: hope he hasn't found out my secret. You think
1: he has? Hello and welcome Jeff, to the episode of The Shy Life Podcast with me, Paul The Shy Yeti. How are you doing? I'm all right. We're, we're back, Nick's back um, Hi Nick Hello we, We're going to do a, a music episode We've not done one of those recently Because we've been doing lots of other things So um, we're, we're going to um, jump back into the 1990s And cover the big hits of the year 1994 uh, In the UK and across the pond in the USA uh, Let's run the theme music
2: Okay we are recording
1: we're back so um 1994 we usually start with our um our memories of 1994 what what is particularly notable for you from that year but
2: 1994 i suppose it was the year in a way that um the although we'd sort of dabbled in the films with the uh, prison in the sun and uh retaliators before that i think 94 is the first time it had been sort of hardwired into the um, and also the first time that we did more than one actually descriptive film obviously with Sutton Park you did every single day Uh, so every single day of um, you have a representation on video of every single day of 94 Um, so that was quite fruitful from that point of view
1: yeah I think I did although um, I have a feeling I didn't start doing it literally every day there was about three years where I think I did it every single day yeah I'm not sure if 1994 was quite there, but I would certainly, it would have been most of the day. To...
2: Yeah. So I think the, the two things, the two, those two films probably dominate my, uh, my 94, as it were, that being, um, well, the part of the to Twilight reality, which we did together, you know, the the, uh, the the two I did, there's an evil trophy, which was directed by Andrew Candish and Tide of Freedom, which was directed by Keith. Um, Certain things in '94 uh, started, and certain things came to an end. Um, I concluded my series, which I've been running for years. That's the well, "Life After," which was the the, the series that uh, c- continued after the Magnet Editor. I was virtually out of touch with Joe Bunsell at, at the stage, and I was finding it with with the, f- with the films coming up and, and and more being more and more busy. I kind of felt that, uh, may, you know, I was finding it more and more difficult to find time to write story, write the stories. So I came up with one, in the the September called the Nazi Hunters, and I said, it's it's about time I actually did a season cliffhanger. And I think, really, if Joe, in his usual sort of uncommunicative way, is just going to wander off into the sunset, maybe I ought to write this as a sort of bit like a Blake Seven thing. Where um, it, it it could be easily the last episode, so I wrote a, a bit of a cliffhanger there, and for years that was going to be the end of the main editor of the, of the 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 whole sort of cabin fr- uh, franchise, if you if you like. Um, and yeah, it was a very easy story to write, unlike a lot of the others. I actually wrote it in the space of a couple of days. Um, which uh, all the story and everything came together in, in my head in uh, this, at this, the uh, in, this, in the whole thing. Other elsewhere, um, our good friends Keith and Elaine got together. Um, although Keith and I had a bit of a rough time of it together on um, Tide of Freedom, um, you know, they were still very good friends, and we remained very much st- strong friends to this day. So we we spent a lot of time in Southbourne that year. Um, we did oh what else did we do i don't think it was quite as busy and fulfilling as the last the previous two um but again you know we were planning more films as well so i spent a lot of time over at your place uh editing pr- my own version of prison of the sun so we did we, we we sort of got into editing a lot and of course you were editing uh the uh sun parks as well um we sold our piano the old piano, I don't know, I think just Dad got sick of it, he tended to sell on stuff that he kind of didn't feel that we needed and bought a lot of other stuff that we didn't need <laughs> so, um, I was still at Four Boys I was in, the lottery started that year, which uh, didn't please us, it was a bondable thing to work with uh, a machine um, and we were always hope- hoping it was going to break down and it didn't, it didn't, often didn't, but uh, no, it's, it was, I think it was, it, it, it was the calm before the storm, really, Nin, 95, 96, 97, 98, there were, they were very busy years and ch- life-changing years. Uh, so I think, yeah, it was the last real mill pond before everything sort of took off. Um, what was the other thing that finished in 94? Oh, look in. Yeah, we've been talking a lot about Look and that, that finished in 94. I think I might have been aware because we, we were selling Look at Four Boys so um, I think I might have been aware that it, it was calling it a day which is sad really but as I say it, I, I think it was pretty trashy towards the end of its existence so.
1: Yeah I've, I've, uh, yeah, I've seen so it isn't what it used to be. 94 was a funny year for me because I was at university and it was uh sort of my second year into my third year. But um so I was at university uh but I was about to do my placement and, and my placement took place from the third term of my second year and the first term of my third and final year. Um and and so I I'd been back to university in September ninety three and then um, I was living um, with with my friend Kerry. Uh, that the first three or four months of ninety four. So I was sort of going to Sutton Park and recording Sutton Park in Sutton Park.
2: That's right. <laughs>
1: um, then in around Easter time, I uh, went on my placement. Now, when I went for my placement, um, I think I it was a civil service post. Um, and there were, I think there was about eleven of us went for the interviews, and there were, there were ten jobs. So the only one person wasn't going to get something, and one of the jobs was in Salisbury, and I was in, um, I was in two minds as to, you know, I'm going to university, so I kind of really want to come back and live with my parents, but once I thought about it, of course, there were lots and lots of good things about that, but it did feel a bit like. That, you know weird spending six months of my university at home um and also to be fair the, what they were offering to pay i don't know how, how well i would have managed if i'd had to have got digs in a strange town so it actually worked out the best way um and although all of my my friends who were at university were still at university i was able to visit them and i was also in salisbury and I was able to spend lots of time with you nick you were
2: in, you were indeed yes that was uh we did some good stuff there so it, it, it
1: all worked. I do I think I was just a, a little bit uh, um, sort of hmm, coming home. I'm not sure I want to come home. Or, you know, I would have even thought about, what well, if I couldn't afford to live in Salisbury? So at least I feel I'm at university. But no, it wouldn't have been practical. But um, and I soon got used to, uh, um, uh, to, to that, well, even though the commute was a little bit weird. Although it turned out that a friend of my mum's Actually worked in that place, so mm-hmm. I, um, they were able to drive me up, and I only had to take the bus home in the evening, and uh, it all, all worked. It all worked out, and um, so that ran until December, and then when nineteen ninety five came around, I went back to university for the final six months, two terms of my course. Although that wasn't the end of my association with Birmingham, as it turned out, but uh, that's that'll keep till next time. But uh, but so yeah, um, other other so really yeah, it was university and sort of really working my first job um, which was my placement uh, being in the, the office environment uh, working in an actual library rather than just talking about working in a library um, doing Sutton Park as much as it, if not more um, and, and sort of going to see other friends um, you know, visiting Harriet University or Robin at University, going to see my great aunt in Reading um, doing things with you and our, and our friends in Salisbury or London. Um, yeah so yeah that, that, those are the sort of things I remember most. Yeah. Uh, I've got a few facts for you um, for like music facts from 94. Yep. Um, um, so the, the first number one single of 94 was the 700th since charts began. And um, and Mariah Carey had her first and it's uh, it's well her first and only solo number one. She she'd already had eight number ones in America by this stage. Um, Yeah, she's definitely one of those people who is has had bigger hits in um, uh, in America. Although she's had big songs, she. I think she has had other number ones, like with with when she's been with other people, um, and this was also the year of the, the four weddings and the funeral.
2: Oh um, yes,
1: so
2: I, I yes, I'm fairly certain I actually went to see that on you know when when it was out. Yes, because um, uh, we was uh, we we just because uh, as I say, Andrew Kandish and I had just done um, the uh, the evil trophy, which we mm-hmm. discovered later when we watched the uh the uh, four weddings and funeral has actually been recorded yeah uh uh, uh very near where uh, pretty well on the on the, the spot where we we'd record you know we filmed yeah. it mm-hmm.
1: um one fact that i think is particularly interesting um uh this is also the i won't say the name of the song because we'll get to that when we go through them but uh the danish singer Wigfield. Um, had oh. had a number one this year and she is the first ever act to enter the UK singles chart at number one with their debut single um, which, which
2: now that uh, song I did like actually uh, I, I know we've, we've, we've you know we've not covered it yet but I, I, I actually did quite like that
1: single now the the nearest we get to well one of the things we get which shows that some of these Britpop bands were that, that I, I liked um, less of a fan of, of Oasis than some of them although I did follow them and I know you're not a fan but um, they did have a their first number one album um, in 94 so the signs were there that music was, well, it's it was very two-sided, very different types of music doing well at the same time um, this is also the year that Boyzone made their debut um, again I'm not a, really a fan of them mostly they did cover versions at least the ones I remember uh, this is also the year that Celine Dion. Um, became well known Um, she didn't get to number one with her her big song Think Twice until 1995 Um, this is also the year that Prince had his one and only number one single which we'll get to in a bit Um, have have you ever been in I know you've done a lot of amateur dramatics in Salisbury have you ever done a production of Inspector Calls
2: Yes, I have. Um, in fact, I studied it at school. Um, but I, the thing with Inspector Calls is... Did I do that? Place? No, I hadn't actually joined I did eventually appeared in a production in 1996 um, at, at the Alderbury Players, and I played the son in it. And um, Keith Redstone, who, late, late, who would later on did my films, was my father in it. And I'm just trying to think... Yeah, um, I, I did. Yeah,
1: I only mention it because a British composer called Stephen Warbeck won the the Drama Desk Award for outstanding music in a play, and it was awarded for achievements in Broadway theatre. The award was made for his music uh, for a production of An Inspector Calls. So, um, and yeah, that's, what, that's a, one of the facts. Now, the fi- our final fact is that a, a record was broken in 1994 for the longest song. To become a UK top ten hit, when Bon Jovi released the single "Dry County" in March, it only went to number nine, but the song was nine minutes and fifty two seconds long. I know um, "Hey Jude" was certainly one of the contenders for a long time. Whether that had been broken between sixty eight and ninety four, I don't know. But uh...
2: oh, actually, mentioning mentioning about inspectors. Sorry, there is a substantial part of ninety four that I've forgotten to mention, and that's my. Acting at Studio Theatre took off. Um, I'd, imp- I'd appeared in the ARS four years earlier, but at the beginning of the year, Andrew Candish and I appeared in uh, a go- the Government Inspector. And um, well, suddenly, you know, suddenly, oh, yes, see he can act. I thought, oh, great. I haven't been to see anything else I've done. And um, suddenly I was getting parts at Studio for the first time. So I did... Um, uh, that was swiftly followed up by 84 Charing Cross Road, which was sweet. Um and Romeo and Juliet, which I was doing uh, and at the same time we were doing Romeo and Juliet, which is at wilton house um the they were filming uh the man is the king george um uh, o- over by there, and uh, Nigel Hawthorne actually walked through our our rehearsal and smiled benignly you know it was very really nice and um Louise, my great friend Louise levy, who I've got to know a little bit better that year uh actually played a small part in um the uh, King George. who She was. She get got. To, I think she pitched R- Rupert Graves' bum. She still has it somewhere.
1: <laughs> oh dear, oh dear poor Rupert. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I will actually say that. Although I was buying music a lot in 1994, when I looked down the list of, of number one singles, this is probably the year I'd say I doubt I bought any of these songs and in fact I hate <laughs> majority of them. Uh which which <laughs> but I just mean to say that I didn't didn't like lots of other songs that came out in ninety four. Just the ones for number one. It was a funny yeah. time because we were getting towards Britpop. It hadn't quite got there yet. But even yeah. in even in Britpop, um you might have had more rocky songs that I liked doing really well, but they didn't necessarily get to number one. Um yeah. I think in ninety four um there was you would not have known that Britpop pop was around the corner because if you look down the yeah. list it's all novelty songs or cover versions or uh, mm-hmm. is it well let, let's let's get into it and, and, and we'll see but then we'll also look at some of the other singles that were out that year and probably yeah. i did definitely buy some of those but uh, yeah so the first number one of 1994 in the uk uh, i think it comes over from the previous year is the Mr Blobby song. Oh yes,
2: um,
1: and Mr Blobby was from a kids, t- well, wasn't really a kids TV series, although he was a kiddie character. It was a family entertainment program uh-huh. done by Noel Edmonds, who it, um, it, I prefer to think of as being on Swap Shop and teleaddicts which was a TV quiz show. Um, this was this is not a part of his career that I was particularly. Um, no, I, I remember
2: Keith was uh, keen on uh, Noel's house party wasn't it I, that's where it came from but th- this extraordinarily inane creation was it, it was not like sort of a, a, a comic a t- tv creation like morph who was musing mm. clever and you know and sort of this was just a bloke in a brightly colored obese suit just a blobby, blobby 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 all the time he you know,
1: did was... literally say blobby 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 that's all yeah. he ever said um, yeah, it was sort of pink with yellow spots or something like that that's right. the other he, way
2: he, he was a badly designed one trick horse I mean.
1: and yeah so yeah i can't quite remember i try and not remember what mr bobby's song was <laughs> like
2: but, uh, Dobby, yeah. mr. Blo- there's a lot of kids singing it as well even as a novelty song it's it's pretty crap yeah um uh, and uh,
1: yeah <laughs> well it only survived for one week in 94 but I think it had been the previous year as well um, following um, that for two weeks we have mm-hmm. Twist and Shout by shakademus and Pliers featuring uh-huh. Jack Radix and Taxi Gang um, mm-hmm. I think this was just a cover version of the well I say the Beatles song Twist and Shout but I think it was a cover version when the Beatles did it in the 60s so um, yeah Yeah, uh, Chubby
2: Checker wasn't
1: it? It looks like it's been covered by so many people. Um, (laughs) I think it was it it was originally written by somebody called Phil Medley and Burt Burns, Um, (laughs) and it was originally recorded by the Top Notes, then Mm the then the Brothers, then the Beatles, Mm -hmm. the the Trebles, the Who. Um,
2: Imagine Mr. Blobby being covered by all those people.
1: <laughs> I cannot.
2: <laughs> by, uh, calling Mr. Blobby by, by Elvis Presley. Oh, he, he Mr. Blob Salt and Pepperwood.
1: <laughs> Salt and Pepperwood had only done a version only a few years before. So really,
2: that's right. It's yeah, like
1: one of those songs that Debbie Checker and the Fat Boys, I think, as well. Or yeah. um, well, that might be the twist, which I think is different.
2: Oh, sorry. Yeah,
1: but yeah. associated to the same fat. um Bad, I suppose, the Twitch, yeah. doing the. Um, so I guess, I guess I don't hate the next song, but it, it got played a bit too much and um, got shackled to sort of different political campaigns and things. <laughs> Good, yeah. um, and uh, it was um, for four weeks. Uh, things can only get better by D. Reid. Oh yeah, I just, of... I,
2: yeah. I mean, I, 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 like you, I didn't mind. Uh, it, it, it was just a rather boring. Song, I mean, I remember yeah. I, my one memory of it is because we used to play it obviously in the shot, but my one memory of it was see the, uh well, there was an old lady who used to come in, and uh well, that' sort of sums sums up the situation, things can only get better and i thought um uh, yeah, and I just thought, yeah, it was it was sort of like a despairing walker i rather than a a, a decent song. <laughs>
1: Yeah, just sort of dancey, but nothing, no, no real substance.
2: Nothing offensive, but no. you know, nothing, nothing worth. At
1: while least, it, at least it was an original song, I suppose. But I'm mm. uh, um, following that for four weeks. Um, we have Mariah Carey with her um, cover of "Without You," which was originally done by uh, Badfinger back in the early seventies. Yeah, um, also done by Harry Nielsen um and i already it's a song i already knew other people doing so um mm. i think for some people it was probably the first time they knew that song but i kind of like just another cover version i prefer uh, yeah. which version i like
2: i definitely think my my musical knowledge sort of started to fall into the sea at this point it got better i think it's probably slightly better it Better in patches uh, the following year, and even better when I went back to college. I, I sort of rediscovered the '90s music when I went back to college, uh, well, when I was w- working with younger people. But you know, with the, here, we, as you said quite rightly, it's a sort of trans- transitional period, isn't it? Um, I was going
1: to say, was was it? Um, we're talking about it crumbling. Uh, did, did it did it jump, or was it pushed? <laughs>
2: Oh, I think he so, jumped. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh my goodness. It's I think you know. I reasonably, uh, uh, you know, I hadn't been a great connoisseur at uh, this stage of of nineties music, but hanging around with the likes of Keith, mm-hmm. um, who was pretty up on the charts, and going to Concord, I don't think we were going to Concord's anymore now because I think it was it either closed or been demolished by then. Uh, I think ninety ninety three was the last time. I went. So I wasn't getting the charts anymore. Mm-hmm. In apart well, apart from the the the, sh- the shop, which was uh, reducing rapidly.
1: With with, uh, with complete respect, I think I always think of Keith as being quite a mainstream. He likes the the big hits. He's not so much into oh, the, deep, yeah. the deep cuts. Whereas Elaine was nah. more in, was more inter- alternative. And I tend yeah. to, I tend to think I I sort of was. Um, Yeah, I I was perhaps more interested in the things that Elaine was interested in. um, Yeah, I
2: mean, when we hung out, it was sort of Right Said Fred and uh, the KLF, and Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I I was never big on the KLF, but I I did, I did like Right Said Fred.
1: So we're now into sort of middle of March '94, and I don't think this is quite as bad as Mr Blobby, but I think it was pretty basic Um, for three weeks, um, dupe by dupe. Um,
2: oh yes, that, I remember that. Isn't that sort they of, used to say that the dupe was a load of poop. <laughs>
1: um,
2: I'm sure yes, it was a
1: I, sort uh, of Euro dance, but I think it wasn't it sort of Charleston or something like dupe 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 or something. Yeah,
2: oh yes, that's right. Yes,
1: uh, I might be wrong, but uh,
2: yeah, um, I think it. I think it sounds about right. But yeah, um, it
1: was it was pretty awful. Let me see if I've got any more. Oh yeah, Charleston inspired big band number set against the house backing track Um, yeah I can't imagine they had loads more (laughs) hits after this but uh, yeah, (laughs) um, I won't look (laughs) Um, so our next number one um, is again I don't hate this song but it it just never really excited me very much it's another number one for Take That in in fact I can't remember if it could be their I can't remember if it was their first number one um it was from their second album and it was the fifth single, so maybe they'd probably already had a number one before now. But um uh, a lot most of their songs seem <laughs> to do, do pretty well. Um Everything Changes. Um I think this is oh, the one then right. they didn't Keith used to sing a Everything Changes A Chew or something. A Chew, yes, that's right, yeah. <laughs> um and I I think I'd probably prefer was take that. Sort of came back around, like late noughties and um, I think I prefer them And they've been together ever since, in one form or another. I think I prefer a lot of this songs from that era. I think pros- it's probably more that I just didn't really like boy bands in this period. So, um, whereas now they're not really boys anymore; they're more, They can be. I can look at take that now just as a band sort of thing. Um, uh, they're not being marketed. <laughs> yeah. They're not being marketed as sex symbols, where which they were back. Um, um, back in '94, um, then we have—and I do not like this song. Um, uh-huh. It's Prince's only number one for two weeks. The most beautiful girl in the world, which I think is so soppy and turgid and
2: it's it's boring. I really hate the, the tune's
1: boring.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's kind of almost a, uh, you know it, the tune. Uh, well, the, the the you know the, the the other most beautiful girl in the world was um, Charlie mm. Richie's one, mm. which was much much better and had a tune to it and was. Uh, but no, it's I, I've I'm not probably, a I'm not a mm. Prince fan anyway. I, I I thought his stuff was
1: but I can a, a list, bit
2: overrated. I can
1: probably list. Fifty other songs by Prince that I would prefer to be number one before. Yeah. And, um, I, I, you know, I, I think I have said before. I only really ever bought one Prince single at the time. i, I bought one or two albums since and compilations, but um, it, I've never, I've never really got into him with an album person. And I just this this um, definitely did not help his cause. I just did not like this song. God knows how it did so well. I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't particularly <laughs> attached to anything. It wasn't attached really? to a film, or, or, or I don't know. I think it's probably just something where he'd had he'd been around such a long time and never never got to number one. It's almost like somebody's sort of said, "Really, you know, he he probably should have had a number one before now."
2: <laughs> um, well, it does it does make you think, doesn't it? Because I mean, there's um, uh, 1999 was a pretty good yeah, song. Yeah, it, 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 it was probably the, the only one of his songs I actually. Yeah, I actually quite like that. Oh, well, when the Doves Cry mm.
1: uh,
2: isn't too bad. Um, but yeah, it was uh, uh,
1: I think uh, like, I do like... I could probably pick enough print songs to fill out like a 20 greatest hits type thing of my own choice, but that definitely wouldn't be on there. Um, and really, I don't think no. he had that much more... He, I've had one or two more singles after that, and then that's, you know, everything started... It, it was around the time when he was in the news for symbol and all that sort of thing and, and
2: oh yes An artist formerly known to print. It, it,
1: apparently it was his third major release since changing his stage name so um i think there was a lot of in the press about that so i think um yeah
2: it's not a brilliant thing to do uh i mean it, however successful you are it's not particularly a brilliant thing to do because um you know you, if you're Changing, you you are a product, whether you like it or not. If you're changing that product, uh, people are going to kind of lose an angle on it, really.
1: And George Michael had problems and stopped appearing in his own videos and things around the same time. And yeah, I'm not sure yeah. that necessarily helped him that much. Yeah. Anyway, um, anyway, the next number one for one week was The Real Thing by Tony DeBart. Um, <coughs> I can vaguely, I think it's sort of a dance he thing i can't remember if it was a cover or, or um i think it was it, says it was originally released in 93 um but then sort of came back and got to number one in 94 there's,
2: there was also a real thing recorded by um jelly there's no, no doubt about this is the real thing and and um i i thought it was the real i thought it was the real thing producing a song called jelly bean <laughs>
0: uh,
2: you to me are a jelly bean you know? <laughs> um i i I didn't realize you know because i knew the real thing as a a group Mm -hmm. um but yeah it seems to be in a popular thing to call a either a Mm -hmm. song or a group
1: (laughs) which you know would usually make me think i will i I will avoid it i don't want my song confused with another successful already yeah um the next number one was a bit more of a rocky song but um i don't think i was a particular fan of it it's uh, a song called inside by stiltskin who i think were like one hit wonders um yeah. they were Sc- a scottish rock band um but i don't think they were particularly known of before or after well not yeah, by, no. um, i think a lot
2: of these are, i i'd probably recognize if i you think, know heard
1: them i think it was sort of grungy um rock as well which would have been I think this is the thing. A lot of people I've heard people say that a lot of Britpop was a reaction to against grunge because grunge was very negative and, yeah. and Britpop was a lot more sort of upbeat. Tended to be more upbeat songs. And, yeah. Um, yeah. i Look, I'm looking at Stiltskin and they had the, one of their albums got to number seventeen. They only had three albums. And the other two didn't even chart, and it was their only. They had a follow-up single that got to number thirty-four. So they were a bit of a one-hit wonder. Um, um, so following that, we had... Oh, dear. Um, for two for two weeks in late May, we had Come On New Reds by the Manchester United football squad. <laughs> Enough said about that, the better. Um, <laughs> um, then we had a number one which was around for a long time. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven... Eight, nine, ten, ten, eleven, twelve. Uh, must be Love 13, is all, all Around Us. Fourteen, fifteen, yeah. Love is All Around, fifteen weeks. Love is All Around It. That by was um,
2: Elaine and Keith's song when they got together, because um, it was, a you know, big and, you know, it's sort of... So, yeah, I remember. That. I do remember that being around.
1: That was by Wet Wet Wet. Um, although, again, it was a cover version of a Trogs song. So don't think it was one that, um, although I dabbled in a lot of 60s music, I'd never really um spent much time on the trogs. and the troggs are sort of sort of wiltshire based um mm. or at least some of their members came from andover i think so yeah. um but they were <laughs> never did, what they were never yeah. around i really followed a great deal um, it never it never really rocked my boat that
2: song i have to say
1: so yeah so now we're I'd, I'd quite like the
2: bill niley version from love actually is quite funny <laughs> yeah.
1: um then so that takes us into september middle of september and for 4 weeks we have saturday night by Wickfield, which yeah, is uh, cool. was, um, was sort of um uh, it was her debut single and she was it was quite unusual um for someone to go sh- straight at number 1 um well that was a debut single for, for a debut yeah. single i'm looking at her other songs and she did have she had two other songs in the top mm-hmm. 10 another day uh in 94 and think of you in in 95 I don't think those ones are particularly um, remember I
2: have to say I do have a I think I do have a favourite song in 94 um, I think it was around this time because again it was around the time I'd finished with the Life After it was um, Sweetness by Michelle Gale who out oh, yes. at
1: the time yeah, I I, that
2: was a really a really nice song
1: yeah she was on EastEnders around that time That's she what, was so, yeah. yeah um Apparently, Wigfield is called. has no bearing to her own name. Her, her actual name is Sani Charlotte Carlson. Wigfield she chose as um, a tribute to her school music teacher. Good heavens! I, I know um, when
2: you many years late. Well, many years later, nine years later, when you, me, Toby, and Lisa were out on my well, my stag do at Dover. Uh, we got talking about Wigfield, and we were saying that she had hit on hard. She hit on hard times.
1: Hmm, I'm not sure. Um, right? um, so, she, looking at her discography, she still releases things, not, not necessarily as Wigfield, but uh, what now? Uh, yeah, I mean, oh. not necessarily over here, but you know. Oh, that's good. Somebody. had told me she
2: died. Um, uh, well, obviously she hasn't. That's good. No, uh, I'm
1: glad, glad I to let, hear she's still with us. Yeah. No, she's she's 50. She just turned oh, 50. Oh, a eight.
2: couple of years younger than me. So.
1: Yeah, she hasn't had any chart placings for a long time, but they were, she's really stuffed as her real first name. Now, um, hmm. um, yeah. um, the next number one uh, is, is another Take That Number One. Um, it's called Sure. It was number one for two weeks. I'm, I will have to say, this is definitely one that. I don't remember of the, uh, you know, just seeing the title doesn't remind, I, I obviously one that's not, well, certainly didn't stick with me, um, whether, <laughs> not in a good or bad way. But uh, yeah. um, then after that, four weeks around the time of our birthdays, um, Baby Come Back by Pato Banton. That, yeah, that was uh, originally a song by The Equals, which was the band that Eddie Grant was in. And it was actually written by Eddie Grant, um, so just a cover version. Um, I think it had bits of rap and stuff, sort of, sort of shouted over bits of it as well. So, <laughs> as was the as. Was as you the, do. As you do. Yeah. <laughs> um, then for two weeks we have "Let Me Be Your Fantasy" by Baby D, which I can sort of let me be a fantasy <laughs> something like that um, oh, yeah, exactly sort, of dance, yeah. sort of dancey one not yeah. the- I think that one might got played quite a lot when Callum and I used to go to JW's a couple of years okay. later um, and then this is probably the closest I have to a favourite of the number ones uh, and also because I don't tend to like Christmas number ones and this was sort of marketed as a Christmas one. when it had bells and things it was um Stay Another Day by East Seventeen. Um,
2: Stay Another Day. Yeah, yeah
1: I, I know the one you mean. Yeah, yeah. It, um, was number one for four weeks. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't. If if I'm going to walk, if I'm going to have to hear some Christmasy then then I don't I don't hate that song. Um, I don't yeah. think I bought it, but but yeah, that's probably my favourite number one out of the ones. Um, I mean, Saturday Night by Wigfield. Again, I, I don't. I don't hate it, but it's a little bit annoying. Um, yeah. But uh, now, let me see. We'll come back to come back to best-selling singles in a minute, and hopefully, I'll see some things I like. I'm going to tell you the um, before we go to America. I'm going to tell you some of the number one albums. We've got "Bat Out of Hell" two by Meat Loaf. "Everything Changes" by Take That. "So Far So Good" by Brian Adams. Uh, one most of these are only for two or three weeks. Um, One Woman, The Ultimate Collection by Diana Ross Uh, Tease Me by Shakedemus and Pliers Under the Pink by Tori Amos Uh, I did like Tori Amos I would have bought that album although um, I I liked her for that album and the album before and after that that less less so Um, um, she was sort of well being that around this time I was a Kate Bush fan Tori Amos was kind of a bit like an American Kate Bush and I wanted to like her as much as I liked Kate Bush, but uh, yeah. I, I just never quite got there with with my liking. Um, the Cross of Changes by Enigma. Now, I don't know if this is the second album by Enigma, because we we talked about Enigma a while Well, Enigma,
2: about... yes, that's right, with the the chanting and.
1: Yeah, this is their second album, but I think we I think we established last time that they only really had. Um, well, that actually, although, um, they only had that one hit single, but obviously album wise, they, they had a bit more success and longevity, but, uh, um, into February and March, we had Music Box by Mariah Carey, uh, Voxel and I by Morrissey, which is one of my favorite Morrissey albums, although I don't, um, well, I have mixed feelings on about him these days. Um, Music Box, Mariah Carey, uh, The Division Bell by Pink Floyd, but for four weeks, I remember that being quite a big, um, Deal, uh, although I wouldn't have thought I was still at. Uh, would have thought this was around the time that I was sort of um, leaving university to go back for my placement. But I remember the. I, I'm not particularly a big fan of, of of Pink Floyd, but I remember the Division Bell had a flashing light built into the um, into the CD cover or something. All right. Um, probably quite irritating for people who worked in the shops with the copies, but I'm, I'm not sure whether one of those things which started flashing when you like pulled a tab or it was a bit of a gimmick really <laughs> um now we're starting to come into things that i like um for a week in may we had park life by blur the album now that was definitely an album that i was keen on in 94 um our town the greatest hits of deacon blue um I, I kind of spent a lot of years not particularly being that interested in deacon blue and then around the previous year they did an album where I liked all four of the singles quite unexpectedly. I think I don't know what changed, but I suddenly, having thought they were just a bit not really me, I suddenly really liked them for that album. Um, so, yeah, around 93 94, I probably actually would have been interested to see the greatest hits of Deacon Blue. Um, then we have an album by Erasure called I Say, I Say, I Say, uh, which I um, Also, I was quite interested in it's still like Eurasia that time. Um, Seal's (laughs) Seal has an album called Just Seal, uh, but it was his second album. Uh, That's the one that had a kiss, kiss from a rose, which I think was a pretty big hit.
2: Oh yes, yes, I know that. Yeah.
1: Um, Then there's an album by Two Unlimited called Real Things. Um, Two Unlimited definitely had number ones in 95 they were the people who later did no 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 no, no, no lyrics yeah <laughs> exactly um also for a week in june everyone else is doing it so why can't we by the cranberries That's sort of when the cranberries first started having hits i was, I was a little bit two minds about them um i like some songs um but i couldn't really sustain listening to a whole album um the uh, next album for two weeks was Happy Nation by Ace of Base. Um, now, I think Ace of Base had All That She Wants. I think that was a number one last year. Um, or That's right, yeah.
2: All That She Wants. Season of yeah. Baby.
1: Yeah, I was quite keen on Ace of Base, so I would have had Happy Nation. Um, then for a week in July, Music for the Jilted Generation by The Prodigy. Prodigy had even bigger sort of hits. Um coming up in, I'm not sure, 95, um, but certainly 95, 96, 97, something like like that. Um, Then uh, The Rolling Stones released an album called Voodoo Lounge that got to number one for a week in July. I think I might have even had one of the singles off that album. Um, Let me see. Yeah, there's a couple of, um, mostly I just tend to like the Rolling Stones of the 60s maybe the early 70s but uh. um, yeah they did a single called Love is Strong um, which I really liked and had a really good video um, but um, then for four weeks we have End of Part 1 Their greatest hits by Wet 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 oh yeah uh, do have a lot of number one albums that only had a couple of weeks then we have an album by Prince called Come then we have
2: we uh, were not dying friends. Yeah.
1: Then we have Where We Wet Again. Then we have Definitely Maybe by Oasis. Uh, the Three Tenors in Concert 1994. Oh, I really like Three Tenors. Mm. Then From the Cradle by Eric Clapton. Songs by Luther Vandross. Monster by R.E.M. I definitely had that. That was the album that had that the song uh, What's the Frequency, Kenneth, which is a very weird <laughs> title for a, a hit song. Uh-huh. Um, then for three three weeks, Crossroad by Bon Jovi. Um, MTV Unplugged in New York by Nirvana. I because I think ninety four was the the year that Kurt Cobain suicide. Um oh, I remember right. being I remember being at my placement work when that when that happened. Um
2: uh, I think by probably I probably <laughs> said Oh no, that's really sad. I wonder who Kurt Cobain is. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: um then for a week um carry on up the charts the beautiful south now i think that was i think that was an enormous seller around that christmas because that was their greatest hits um the album they'd done the previous year 0898 is a particular favorite album of mine again it's one of those it's one of those situations where i i I like a band or like the odd single of a band but then suddenly they do an album where every single track is you think well why didn't that what what, what's different, what's changed? Why are these yeah. 12 songs, you know, all tick boxes?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, um, I liked the, I think Good Is Cold, Stupid Mug was the one that, from the charts that was in, I think it was in the charts around that time, wasn't it? Uh, I remember Blur was around with Girls Who Love Boys, who loved, oh, oh I sound like I because I remember Keith liberally singing that when we were doing Evil Trophy.
1: Yeah, I think um, we'll come to that when we get to the big set of singles. Because, as I say, I think, um, although I don't like very many of the 1994 number ones, there were a lot of songs I was liking in that time. Because a lot of those bands were starting to come up. Um, So yes, Beautiful South, Live at the BBC by The Beatles. That was around the time that, I think the following year is when they dug up some of those old songs that had never been finished and they had a number one oh, next yeah. year with, with a, a, a song because George Harrison was still alive. So there were still three of the Beatles around back in 94, yeah. 95. The last number one album of 94 was, again, Carry On Up the Charts. So I say, I think it was a big Christmas seller. I think by this point, the compilation albums and best of albums are, particularly compilation albums, are have their own chart. As I see here, <laughs> things like now 27, now 28, they're mm. they they're not c- counted amongst the the proper charts. Um, yeah. So um, biggest selling singles, um, "Love Is All Around" by Wet 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 is uh-huh. the biggest selling single. Um, "Saturday Night" by Wigfield is the second. Um, then "Stay Another Day," "Baby Come Back," "I Swear" by All For One, that's number Two. Think Awful I think that's. One.
2: Or All 4-1, not Awful 1. Well, I think
1: it probably is Awful 1 as well. I think it's probably <laughs> a, a soppy ballad. Always by Bon Jovi, number two. Um, I think I remember that one. Um, Without You, Mariah Carey, Creative You by Let Loose, Things are Gonna Get Better, Dupe, The Sign by Ace Space. Base. I got to number two. I remember that That was another quite big hit, well, big hit for them. Um, uh, that Manchester United song was number 12. Um Rhythm of the Night by Corona. Um, this is the rhythm of the night. Yeah. That, that seemed to get that got to number two. Oh um nineteen ninety-four is the year that Mariah Carey released her song All I Want for Christmas Is You, which has never stopped being released every Christmas. But I mean actually that's another Christmas song that I don't hate. What else have we got? Um Seven Seconds by uh Yusundor and Nina Cherry. You know, that was quite a famous song. The Swamp Thing by The Grid. Uh, I Like to Move It by Real to Real. I think that was, I like to move it, move it. I like to move That's it, right. move it. I like to, yeah, etc. cetera.
2: Um, <laughs> Fair until fades fades out, yeah. Yeah,
1: Love Me for a Reason by Boyzone, number three. Meet the Flintstones by the BC52s. That was number three. That was from the Flintstones movie. B52s, do <laughs> being the BC 52s, that, that's that's their last big hit. Um, Streets of Philadelphia by Bruce Springsteen, that's number two, that was a big hit. Searching by China Black Crocodile Shoes by Jimmy Now, that was linked to a TV show, I think. Number four. That's right,
2: he had a detective E show,
1: didn't he? Mm. Oh, actually, um, I must have, I, I, I'm doing them a big disservice. Enigma had a Another song called Return to Innocence um, that got to number three. I thought they just had that for, that one big hit but uh, they must have had a big hit from both of their albums. We Have All the Time in the World by Louis Armstrong that, I think that was connected with the uh, advert at the time that got to number three. Um, Baby I Love Your Way by Big Mountain, that was a cover version. Um, what else? Think Twice by Celine Dion. Um uh Michelle Gale, the sweetness. That, oh lovely. I that, like that. That was that got to number four. Um All for Love, Brian Adams, Rod Stewart, Sting, number two. Oh, this was also the year that Cindy Lauper reworked Hey Now, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Oh yeah. He got to number f- I, I still prefer her original. Although so do I of,
2: I. didn't really see the point of uh, I never yeah. see the point of messing yeah. around with things.
1: I think she had a greatest hits. Um uh, that came out, but uh, it was only quite recently I discovered that that wasn't her song. It, she was covering it when with the original. So, oh right. I'm, I, I've I've heard since. I mean, she definitely did the better version, but uh, I, I, it's one of those ones where you, you think, oh, it's, you know, uh, it's it's her song, but uh, um, it actually dates back to 1979. What else? Quickly before we go to America. I was wondering where blur- is because as you say, girls and boys and a number of other songs from part life, including part life definitely i don't know whether you were getting a slightly um sort of skewed view of how famous they were because of me playing them <laughs> a lot but uh, uh-huh. i mean they 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 did have hits probably and they did have top ten hits but they they didn't get in the top fifty biggest selling singles that year. Anyway, the biggest selling album in the UK was Crossroad by Bon Jovi and then Swiftly Followed by Carrying Up the Charts by Beautiful South and Music Box by Mariah Carey, Always and Forever by Eternal, The Division Bell by Pink Floyd, Wet Wet, Wet Wet's Greatest Hits, Monster by R.E.M. And Park Life was the eighth biggest selling album that year. So um, it does show that they, they, that they sold more copies than the three tenors that Was um, three tenors um, in concert in 1994 sold less than, than Part Life? But you know, these things bounce out, who knows? I could go down here down this list, um, but I won't because we need to go to America before we finish. Um, we won't stop for long, we'll just compare and control. Yeah. Um, so the first number one of '94 in America was Hero by Mariah Carey. Some, yeah, it's It's a ballad, it's one I'm aware of but not a particular fan of but I think a lot of people will you know will disagree with me Um, I can't remember how big a hit it was in the UK apparently it was a song originally intended for Gloria Estefan Oh Uh, right but uh, Mariah got it instead Uh, I don't know if Gloria Estefan was well quite so because she dates back to having hits in in the 80s perhaps wasn't quite as um, the trendy new name then so perhaps it was thought as a good um, uh, it got to number 7 in the UK Um, then for 3 weeks All for Love, Brian Adams, Rod Stewart Sting Um, then Celine Dion The Power of Love for 4 weeks and that was her covering the Jennifer Rush Power of Love which uh, I remember being very big but I prefer the Jennifer Rush version um it's one of those power ballads that i re- i really like um yeah uh, then for four weeks the sign by a space for four weeks pump and grind by r kelly i like the sign i'm not an aficionado of r kelly's um oh the sign went back to number one again for two weeks i i think the sign was probably bigger in the states than all that she wants but uh, then for gosh one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven weeks. I swear by All for One, which I think we did say was a hit for number for like a week or so yes. in the UK. Um, because, of course, they didn't have I don't they didn't have where, where, where we wet there to to take up all those weeks. So, um, I'm not even sure, even though I imagine For their Funeral to get and to get known all over the world eventually. I don't know that that song particularly was a hit outside of the uk um then for three weeks stay i missed you by lisa loeb and nine stories i sort of do know that song but um it's a bit not not a big favorite it's sort of (laughs) can't describe it but um then for one two three four five six seven eight nine ten twelve thirteen about fourteen weeks i'll make love to you by boys to men um and, and then it appears that at the end of that run, they by the time by uh, by however many weeks I just said, that their next single was out and they so they just kind of handed over to themselves. Um and they had another number one for two weeks called Unbended Knee. Yeah. Boys to Men, Not My Cup of Tea, Two Boy Bandy. Got to number five in the UK, um, unbended knee, number twenty in the UK. But uh yeah. Uh then for two weeks, here comes the hot stepper by Innie Kamosi. I think that I sort of am aware of that. That was that, here comes the hot stepper. Da, 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 that one. Um, I think he was a lyrical dancer. Da, mm. da, da. Um, and then um, on bended knee goes back to number one for like the very last. I think the last chart was on the thirty-first of December. So yeah, quite different. Quite different to the UK. Big albums in the US Music Box by Mariah Carey Doggy Style by Snoop Doggy Dog. Jar of F- F- Flies by Alison Chains, Kicking It Up by John Michael Montgomery, Tony Braxton, Tony Braxton, uh, Mariah Carey, Tony Braxton again, Soundgarden, Super Unknown, Ace of Bass, The Sign, Pantera, Far Beyond Driven. Bonnie Raitt, Logging in Their Hearts, Pink Floyd, The Division Bell, Tim McGraw, Not A Moment Too Soon, The Crow, uh, the soundtrack, A Space Again. Ill Communication by Beastie Boys, Purple by Stone Temple Pilots, The Lion King soundtrack, now that was number one for about eight or nine weeks, Boys to Men, Eric Clapton, Um, REM, Monster, Murder Was The Case soundtrack, Um, MTV Unplugged, by Nirvana, Hell Freezes Over by the Eagles. I, I think the name of that album came from the fact that the Eagles said they they'd never reform until Hell Freezes Over. So yeah. when they when they did reform, they called their tour Hell Freezes Over. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kenny Kenny G, Miracles, the Holiday album, Pearl Jam, Vitology. Yeah, quite different albums to. It's the trouble with the charts over over in the states. Never quite sure what compare Which of the charts compares to our? Because um, hardly any of those albums uh, albums that appeared in our chart, except for Pink Floyd and um, R.E.M. But, mm. uh, um, well, I think that's that's quite enough of nineteen ninety four. Not uh, in
2: terms of mainstream, not the best year in, that's, that there has ever been. Um, but uh, if, uh, again, I think w- with when uh, we you know my interest in music being pretty not 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 very uh, tuned um at the, at, the, at this stage um it's really the personal stuff you know working with you doing the the, the acting and the filming and the writing I, that that that's for me is what made 94 my friend Alison Gracie i met as well uh, that year um and i got to i also got to know um my friend Georgina a bit better.
1: I think yeah. it's very much that um, there was new there were new bands coming up in 94 and you could mm-hmm. be buying all of those singles, and they were they were charting in the top yeah. 40, but they weren't necessarily the, the the top the top hits. So you yeah. could be, so you could as I did look at the top number ones and think, well, that doesn't really represent what I was buying at all. But, <laughs> uh, and whereas now I can say I I don't buy much in the charts or anything in the charts, and they're just said, well, it's because you're you're, you're old but I wasn't old in 95 I was 20, 20 going 21 so yeah um, yeah um, I, I, I don't know what the average age was of people buying songs perhaps they were even younger than that but yeah uh, well thanks Nick um, well, yes, pleasure. we'll we'll maybe move on to um, the middle of the 90s um, sometime soon um, yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks for joining me my pleasure. As a quick preview of what is coming in 95 without saying the names of the songs, I can tell you that we have number ones in 1995 in the UK from East 17, Rednecks, Celine Dion, Cher, Chrissy Hind and Nina Cherry with Eric Clapton, all on one song. Uh, the Out There Brothers, Take That, Oasis, uh, Live in Joy, Robson and Jerome, um, The Out There Brothers, Again, take that again. Blur, Michael Jackson, Shaggy, Simply Red, Coolio, Robson Jerome, and Michael Jackson again. So some familiar names coming up. Yeah. i got to go now. I don't care. Bye. I want
0: to go with you. Yes. Gotta go. Bye. Yep.
2: this show is part of the pride
1: 48 network find more shows over at pride48.com oh such mysteries (laughs) he's crazy i have a voice i have a voice you have a voice you have a voice we have a voice we have a voice. Unique voices
0: in podcasting. Univossepods.net Hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. Now I'm going to uh, sing you some of the hit songs of 1994. Um, yes. Uh, what have I got here? Titty Cat is here, too. Titty Cat, sit still, please. Um... Mr. Blobby, oh Mr. Blobby, oh Mr. Blobby. Mm -hmm. No, that's not a very good one. um, um, Twist, twist and shout. Someone, someone twist and, twist and shout. No, I can do this one. (coughs) Things can only get better, can only get better. Oh yes, things can only... I um, can't remember the verse. Oh dear, I'm really not prepared very well. Um, what about this one? Uh, I can't live, if living is without you. Ooh. I can't live, I can't live any more. No, I can't give any more. I can't live. If living with the la in the lady la Um Doop 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 it doop 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 Everything changes at you You're a thousand miles apart and I miss you so much everything changes at you don't go away Um Everyone's a critic. Um the most beautiful girl, girl. Uh, I see it in my fingers. I see it in my toes. And I feel it, I feel it in and my Love is all around you. Saturday night do, 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 do Oh my baby. Saturday night do 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 do, do 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 Oh my baby Baby come back Bye 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 bye, bye. Baby come back <clears throat> uh, Let me be let me be let me be your fantasy Let me
1: be How oh, no. oh, dear Ick? Um, you know, usually I tell you off when you don't prepare properly, but I'm afraid the number ones in 1994, I mean, it's just difficult to get that excited about them, isn't it? I'm afraid it is, Um, what about, um, uh, this one?
0: I can try.
1: Go on. Stay now, baby, you have got to go away. And uh, everything that such pain. And I will stay now. The day. Stay now. Baby, you've got to go away. Ding, 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 And then, and what's that, Paul? It's the bells. It's all Christmassy. Ding, 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 Okay. I'm going to stay in the day. <laughs> well, that's about as good as it gets, I think.
0: I think it is about as good as it gets, Paul.
1: Oh, oh that's, that's quite enough. It's quite enough.
0: Okay.
1: Thanks for joining me. Thanks for joining me. Please thanks you. for joining me. Please thanks you. for joining me. Please.